Nancy Pelosi dumps garbage on the Senate, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is heading toward a mistrial, and I think it's time for Merrick Garland to resign. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, I'm going to have a day today. I swear I'm going to have a day today, because there's so much news, I'm actually going to do a a rumble video today after this well no, i'm not going to do it right after this uh first it smells like something may have died in my refrigerator so chances are i'm going to clean the refrigerator out a little bit and then i have to take the trash out so yeah but i will get a rumble video in today uh it'll be available tonight probably so okay um <laughs> We got a lot of stuff now. When I write my when I write my when I write my script for these things, I usually put them put everything in a certain order, and sometimes I, I leave some things in there. Well, the the this time I I'm actually going to my last story first because Nancy Pelosi, my God, she's so terrible. Okay, there's another crisis on the horizon for Joe Biden, and it's something I've talked about a couple of times. Uh, the Democrats have just been absolutely ignoring it, and that is uh, the Treasury Secretary this week said, Janet Yellen, she told Congress that with the infrastructure bill signed up, this means that they're going to have to raise the debt ceiling as soon as possible. And the debt ceiling is coming up, I think it's December 4th, December 7th, maybe. I don't know. It's the first week in December. And I find this amazing because the Biden administration has always said with this infrastructure infrastructure bill, it's not going to add $1 to the debt. Yeah, no, it's going to add about $115 billion to the debt right off the bat. And we're already hit the debt ceiling. So even though this infrastructure bill is out there and it's supposedly fully paid for, doesn't look like it's going to get implemented really quick because they need to act they need to move money right off the bat. They're going to need to take on debt in order to move 115 billion dollars. So <clears throat> I here's the thing, I don't don't do it. Let leave the debt ceiling alone. Uh, Republicans have to help the Democrats here. Republicans, if they decide to stick it, stick with it, let the Democrats flounder. Now, I'm a little concerned about Mitch McConnell of the Senate uh, because last month he did raise the debt ceiling, but I think he did that because of a deal he made with Joe Manchin concerning this boondoggle of a, a reconciliation bill. I'm not sure what he will do. But this time, he should just say, no, F it. You, we've, you guys continue to spend and spend and spend, and you, they're getting another bill in the Senate next week, I believe. Uh, it's just time now the Democrats own the debt, own the spending, and deal with it. And if they have to close the government, screw it. Close the government. Who cares? Now, I know there's a lot of talk about closing the government. This is really bad and and um and oh, people aren't getting paid. Yeah, they get paid. Uh 
they'll get paid eventually or they will get paid with money they have already there. So don't worry about people not getting paid. And all this garbage of them closing national parks and national monuments, that's for show. If you've ever been to the Lincoln Memorial, which they closed last time they shut the government down, it was all for looks. It was all to piss people off. The Lincoln Memorial doesn't require anybody inside the Lincoln Memorial. It's a statue outside. They may have had a security guard. The other thing is, you can see the Lincoln Memorial, whether they put red rope around it or not. But here's the thing. Whatever, what is this stuff about, about $115 billion going right into, needing to go right into the deficit? What's that all about? We were told, specifically, we're told about this reconciliation bill, that this is not a thing. We don't have to worry about the reconciliation bill. Perhaps, maybe, they were lying, right? I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they were doing. They were lying. They're still, with this reconciliation bill, they are still saying that it's not going to cost a bloody dime. So the moderate Democrats, so, so let's talk about that reconciliation bill. We already know now, now that the infrastructure bill is going to be a disaster. It's going to be a nightmare. Oh, I can't wait for December. I cannot wait for December because you should. the Democrats are going to be crapping their pants in December. Okay, so the moderate Democrats and the Republicans wanted a, a congressional budget office to give a score on this BS reconciliation bill. Well, that score came out yesterday. And guess what? That, okay, a couple of things about this bill. Uh, first off, the $1.75 trillion, they say is actually at least $2.5 trillion and can actually jump up to between $4.6 and $4.9 trillion by the end of the 10 years, depending if some of those projects that they have in that bill are implemented permanently. So right off the bat, that $1.75 trillion is not $1.75 trillion. We know it's between $2.5 and $5 trillion. The second thing they said, $367 billion will have to be added to the national debt. By the way, that doesn't account for the fact, per economists, if all these programs are renewed. I mean, it, it, it's that. And they CBO said that, okay, you're expanding IRS function. Maybe you'll find somebody who is not paying their taxes. It doesn't count for that. The other thing they say, but tax the rich, tax the rich, right? This is, this is the one thing that they say is going to pay off that bill. Yeah, the CBO found that the bill is assuming it will earn $400 billion in taxes. That's why they think they can pay this thing off every year. Uh, here's the problem. The CBO said, no, you're going to, with, with this, you're only going to be collecting about $127 billion in taxes. So this, the taxes that they keep talking about continues, this is the under, continues to be just not true. They're not going to be able to pay this bill off. 
And the other problem is, what everyone forgets, is that we're not made of money in this country. You can print all the money you want, but the reality is there aren't that many rich people. You're not going to be making that much money. We don't have a lot of Elon Musks in the world. And by the way, if you taxed all of Elon Musk's income, all of income, all of his unrealized earnings, he's still only getting about $6 billion. They're not making that much money. And by the way, remember they, they sat back and said that they were not going to tax the middle class and they were going to raise taxes on the rich but lower taxes on the middle class? That turned out to be BS. What this bill, what the reconciliation bill does is it adds back in the salt taxes. Now, what the salt taxes do in blue states where you're, you're taxed very high, for example, California is 13%. They're even talking about raising California's income tax to 17%. You, with salt, you can take that 13% and, act, and apply it to your federal tax. So let's say I make $100,000 and I'm taxed 13%. That would drop me down to about $87,000. I can then say to the federal government, you can tax me on this $87,000. And then they, they charge me 39% on $87,000 instead of $100,000. So in heavy tax states like New York and California, you actually get, the richer you are, the more of a tax cut you get. The problem is that raises the taxes on the middle class because the middle class doesn't get that cut. They still have to pay everything here. So right off the bat, they are, they're lying about the taxes. The taxes are going to tax everybody. And it's going to raise them. And in California, you can bet they're going to raise it to probably 17%. I mean, they're already talking about it. It's going to happen. But this reconciliation bill, they're going to push it through. So Nancy Pelosi today, she wanted to vote on the bill last night to get to get it pushed through the House and send it to the Senate. Now, I don't know why she's doing this. I, I kind of know why. I think she's doing this because she's losing support for this bill in the House. This bill has no chance in the Senate. This bill has no chance in the Senate. Even Bernie Sanders, because of the salt taxes, today sat there and said, this is a crap bill. So right off the bat, Bernie Sanders, because Bernie Sanders knows you are raising, you are actually lowering taxes for the rich and you're raising taxes on the middle class. He said that today because of the, that salt addition. And you have several other, um, the Hyde Amendment is not added to the bill, which means the government can pay for abortion. This is going to be a big problem for people like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. They didn't want they want the Hyde Amendment in there. So it's not going through. It's going to be filibustered. It's not going to get through the Senate. And I even at 50-50, if they decided to go reconciliation on this bill, I don't think they'd have the 50 votes. 50 votes plus the one uh, plus the one vote that Kamal Harris will get. So this bill is dead. Well, anyway, Nancy Pelosi, last night, Kevin McCarthy did everything he could to, to, to stop this vote. 
he broke the record for filibustering in the House, beating Nancy Pelosi's record. He gave an eight and a half hour speech last night. I think Nancy Pelosi did seven hours. So as much as, and Nancy Pelosi actually said, yeah, he's just wasting time. I don't know why he's doing this. Nancy Pelosi did this several times. I think Nancy Pelosi owns three of the longest filibusters in House history. So she's, she's known for doing things like this. But it didn't stop it. This morning they voted. The bill was passed 220 to 213 straight down party lines. So the Democrats did get it passed. It's going to the Senate where it will die. Uh, there is... I think Nancy Pelosi just got tired of this hanging over her head and she decided to give it to the Senate and make it the Senate's problem. That's, that's essentially what it is. She just threw her garbage over, over the fence to the Senate and their problem now. I did my job. Yay me. In absolutely incredible. So now we're looking at another. And by the way, this this thing is filled. the The CBO said this thing is filled with uh, with pork. It's filled with inflation raising. Uh, it's filled with inflation raisers. It, it's not. It's not going to fix the economy. The, the Congressional Budget Office, by the way, is nonpartisan. They're just a bunch of economists that look at this stuff and say no. So. Uh, there are still provisions in there that are kind of questionable. For example, I believe there is a provision to legalize 10 million illegal immigrants. I'm not exactly sure if that get if it goes through the Senate Budget Analysis Office. That's even going to be considered. Uh, little lots of little things in there that that really are kind of unconstitutional. And the, it may turn off senators. But right now, Kirsten Man- Kirsten Cinema, Joe Manchin, they don't like the bill. They're not, they're not going to vote for it. And there's good reason. We'll talk about his poll numbers in a second. The other reason is uh, now it's looking like even far left, left wingers like Bernie Sanders, he doesn't like the bill. So he may not vote on it. This thing's going nowhere. Okay, and speaking of that, uh, Quinip- Quinip- Nipiak. University released a, a, another poll for Joe Biden. I like Quinnipiac because it seems to be very accurate. Uh, this In 2016, this poll was pretty accurate with Trump and uh, when it was Trump against Clinton, and it was pretty accurate in 2020 also. Uh, so here are some of the questions they asked. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling the presidency? 36% said they approve. That's an eight-point drop from last week. This is the Quinnipiac actually said this is the largest drop they have ever seen in a poll. Democrats have also lost some faith with Biden. Uh, his poll was 98% earlier this year. Well, it's dropped to 87%, so that's a huge loss. The dirty little secret is Biden doesn't have to worry about Democrats and independents, though... Uh, Democrats and Republicans. He has to worry about independents because they're the ones that got him elected. The approval rating is at 29% right now. His approval rating was over 50%. With, uh, I think, 56 60%. You gotta remember, the reason Biden got elected was because everyone hated Trump. 
Now we're beginning to see, oh God, they really don't like Biden. The age breakdowns are also kind of interesting and they, they, they reflect everything. The 18 to 34, I find interesting, 44%. And these are young guys. These are guys that are basically the communists in the world, right? Um, 44% disapprove. That's actually very high. And only 34% approve. And this goes all the way. I won't cover the ages later because it's not that big of a deal. But it's, it doesn't really change. But that's, that's, that's a big thing that the youth wanted Biden in. And now they don't really like him. The other problem is a lot of the youth were Bernie Sanders supporters. Now, the question is, do these youths not like Biden because they're Sanders supporters? And do they realize that Biden is pushing Sanders' agenda? I mean, a lot of a lot of commentators are saying that Sanders is actually running the government, that it is President Sanders out there, not President Biden. So that's interesting. Uh, you can go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and actually take a look. Uh, other scary things, 46% of the people said they would vote for a Republican. Uh, over 38% they would vote for Democratic, both for the House and for the Senate. So next year is going to be just an absolute disaster. One of the more interesting parts of the Quinnipiac poll is where they, they talked about what people are really worried about. Well, the number one was the division and polarization between people in the country. 11% said this is a real problem. Now, 11% is very high because they, they list about 50 things. Um, the economy was number two at 10%. You know where climate change ranked? Eighth, eighth, tied for eighth, 4%. It just shows you, the reason I point this out it just shows you how out of touch the Biden administration is because that's all he's touting right now is climate change, climate change, climate change. It really is kind of sad. So go to dumbasses talk, and it's really going to cost them in 2022. So go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look. I've, I've got the uh, Quinnipiac poll numbers up there from the actual website. And you can go look at the, you can connect to the website and read the PDF that's there. Another fun, <laughs> this Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I, I don't know, it's still going on. The jury is still deliberating. I was thinking before I published this, they might come up with a, a verdict. They haven't. Um, what's taking them so long is a curiosity because this case is so obvious. Not only is there reasonable doubt about Rittenhouse committing murder, but the prosecution's own witnesses have basically proven Rittenhouse's innocence. So I'm not sure what's taking them so long. Oh yeah, it's not like it's not like we don't have a video of the whole thing. We have 15 HD videos of Rittenhouse getting the crap beaten out of him during the trial. But they are still deliberating. We'll talk about why they are. But that doesn't mean just because the jury's not in there and the court's not going things aren't happening. Lots of things are happening. Uh, and <laughs> this is this trial, I'll tell you, it's not going to make it. 
Okay, so the media, the judge, and I thought this was kind of strange, the judge who is obviously reading the newspapers has been heavily criticized by the media. And I think the judge has made some mistakes too. I think this was a mistake. Him talking about the media. I thought that was a mistake. They called him a racist Trump supporter because he had a patriotic song on his ringtone and one day he wore a tie with American flags on it. So he's a Trump supporter, a racist, I don't know, whatever they decide to call someone who likes America. They thought he was being too hard on the prosecution and he's favoring the defense He's letting Rittenhouse pick the jurors from the bin, which, by the way, that's just how he does it. He did explain why he did it that way. He's not ruling on the mistrial requests, even though he had just gotten the mistrial requests. And and it's not uncommon that the judge waits till the for the jury to rule on the mistrial requests. That's nothing new. He's not allowing the use of the word victim during the evidentiary phase of the trial, which... I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure they all do that. I don't think you're allowed to say that a suspect is murdered uh, or call them a, or the uh, suspect murdered somebody or they call them a victim. I'm pretty sure during the evidentiary phase it's 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 problematic. It's putting something in the jur- minds in the minds of the jury. I, I don't know a courtroom that doesn't do that. But he, he got really upset about it. And by the way, the defense was able to say murder and victim on the closing arguments, which they're allowed to do because the closing arguments are more opinion than they are fact. They're not evidence. Closing arguments are not evidence. So anyway, uh, he, this judge, um, Bruce Schrader, made it clear that this is such a disaster of a trial that he may never allow cameras in the courtroom again. Let's listen to him. Some of the things that have been said, too, I guess I'll comment on that, too. These are five very reputable, competent attorneys that I've practiced with for years. And I think it's shameful, some of the things that are being done to these people. And uh, when I talked about um, problems with the media when this trial started, that's, we're there in part, not, not fully, but in part because of grossly irresponsible handling of what comes out of this trial. I will tell you this, uh, I'm going to think long and hard about uh, live television of a trial again next time. I don't know. I, I, I've always been a firm believer in it because I think the people should be able to see what's going on, but when I see what's being done, it's really quite frightening. Frightening, that's the right word for it. But back to the subject at hand. He's right. He's right. It'd probably be a good idea if he didn't allow cameras in the courtroom again. After the behavior of the media, after the way the people are acting outside the courtroom, we don't deserve transparency. It's not like the calling of the court case, they're calling the court case accurately. They're not. They're making things up. Their, their, their opinions are insane. Well, and you can tell the jury... This is probably one of the reasons why the jury doesn't have a case. Though the crowds have been relatively small outside the courtroom, and pretty peaceful for the most part, I think only one guy's been arrested for hitting somebody, they're loud. They're using bullhorns. They can be heard in the jury room. 
They also have been growing as the deliberations deliberations increase. I think if the there's a very good chance that there's going to be a verdict today, or at least we're going to know what's happening before the weekend. Uh, I've talked to a couple people. They think that maybe they're waiting for the weekend. Maybe they're negotiating. We'll get to that. But here's the whole thing. It's growing outside, They're, and those protesters are getting louder. Black Lives Matter and Antifa members have been seen there. As a matter of fact, one of the guys arrested was an Antifa matter, uh, member. This would not be a problem under normal circumstances, but they keep talking about burning the city down, and they're yelling it through bullhorns. I cannot see how this is not grounds for a mistrial or a direct a direct verdict, a bench verdict. This is pure jury intimidation, and the crowds are doing it on purpose. They know they can be heard. The judge even had to pull a couple of spectators out of the audience during the trial because they kept taking pictures of the jury. The, the bailiffs... Had to, had to remove those individuals and make them delete all of their pictures on their phones because they kept taking pictures. And the jurors all admitted one of the things they're afraid of is coming up with a verdict and being doxxed. This whole thing is just absolute corruption. Speaking of corruption, then there's the prosecution. There has been a ton of corruption by the prosecution in this case, and it continues all the way, even up until now. First, a couple of the pieces, the FBI lost the drone footage of the riot when Kyle Rittenhouse was attacked by Rosenbaum, which seems to be the only thing that's in question. The prosecutor, the prosecutor questioned witnesses about why they had not, why they had gotten lawyers before speaking to the prosecution, which he got chewed out for and is just standard civil rights, that you've got a right to get an attorney. If I'm not sure what you're going to do, I'm I'm going to get an attorney. The prosecutor, and this was on the stand, the pros, a, a witness for the prosecution admitted that the, uh, stated that the prosecution tried to make him test, change his testimony. The prosecutor questioned which is illegal, why Rittenhouse didn't speak to the police after he was arrested and waited, waited till he got an attorney. I, I don't understand how any of this is not mistrial stuff. I, you're asking, well, why didn't you speak to the police? Is it because you're guilty? No, it's the Fifth Amendment. and Miranda, there's even press, a precedence called the Miranda precedence. You have to, you read your Miranda rights when you're arrested. But the prosecutor did it again, and it was caught on uh, day before yesterday. Was it yesterday? Maybe it was day before yesterday, Wednesday. Apparently, the prosecutor had a full-color HD video from the FBI and gave it to the, but gave the defense a pixelated black and white copy of the same video. The prosecution kept saying it had to do with some sort of compression that was done when the video was sent. And it was pro and they said it was probably phone to phone. Well, here's the problem. A couple of problems with that line of thinking that it was some sort of compression that was done from phone to phone. First off, it wasn't done phone to phone. Uh, the video was was sent to a Dropbox and it was picked up. Dropboxes don't compress anything. I'm IT. I, I know that Dropboxes don't do that. 
I've seen Dropbox. Oh, if you go to school, they use. If you go to college, they use Dropboxes to turn in paperwork and things like that. So he was caught in a lie there, and he was he was caught in his caught in a lie. The prosecutor had to change his statement after she said that. And the second problem is uh, not only did the there was no compression on the video. The name changed on the video. Compression applications don't change the name of the video. So they got caught. The judge was in amazement. He couldn't believe this. Well, that's because the prosecutor's full of crap. The prosecutor stumbled his way through excuses. I, I don't even remember what they were. Except the end was, well, I don't know. That's essentially what he said. This is mistrial stuff. Mistrial with prejudice. You can't you can't try him again. Just the corruption by the prosecution. Oh, but there's more. Um there was a picture of a tall black man jumping to kick Kyle Rittenhouse in the head. Uh they say that they did not know the prosecution said they didn't know what his name was. They just called him jump kick man. Okay, and, and it's if you go on the internet, you type in Kyle Rittenhouse, pictures of jump kick men are all over the internet. He was actually he was an important he was important because Rittenhouse testified that he fired at jump kick man and missed him, and that's one of the reasons why they have another charge on him is for shooting indifferently into a crowd. Okay, guess what? The prosecution know knew who Jump Kick Man was. His name is Maurice Freeland. He has a record. There's a shock. He said he would testify for the prosecution in exchange for immunity for an unrelated DUI. The prosecution declined. He just went unmentioned in the trial. The defense was never informed about him. And by the way, the defense doesn't have the capabilities to find out who this guy is. It's really up to the prosecution to say something. Now, I'm not sure of the legality of hiding this witness is. If this is it's definitely unethical. I'm just not sure if it's illegal. He was never brought up during the case, so I'm not sure what the disclosure is. But I guarantee you, the defense would have loved to get this guy on the stand. A legal scholar on Fox News, uh, Jonathan Turley, said this might be a problem. Because the defense had a right to know who this guy was. And if the police knew who he was, and you can't really question the police, I don't know if I buy that. Because I have a, th I have a feeling that, well, yeah, but the defense could have asked the police if they knew. So I, I don't know. So again, this is unethical. I'm just not so clear as to how illegal it is. Oh. Finally, this is this is also this is a lot of fun too. This came up yesterday. Apparently, a freelance writer for MSNBC, a guy named uh, James Morrison, was speeding and following the bus that was carrying the jury. He got stopped for running a red light. This is how close. This is how much he wanted to keep up. He was arrested. He was cited, and I think he called he. I, what I think you could call this jury tampering. The MSNBC got banned from the courtroom 
because if I didn't say so before, this is an MS, MSNBC France like uh, uh, freelance writer. He got banned from the. They got banned from the courtroom. Listen to the judge, and he. Oh my God, MSNBC. Here he is. Who identified himself as James G. Morrison, and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News, employed uh, for N MSNBC. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York uh, for MSNBC. Uh, the police, when they stopped him, because he was following at a distance of about a, a block and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and inquired of him what was going on and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, the matter is uh, under further investigation at this point. Um, and the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have. Um, and he was ticketed for uh, uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told. And um, I have instructed that no one from MSNBC News will be permitted in this building for the duration of this trial. Uh, this is a very serious matter, and I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is, but absolutely it, it, it would go without much thinking that someone who is following a, the jury bus, uh, that is a very, ex, it's extremely serious matter, and uh, will be referred to the uh, proper authorities for further action. Thank you. After a few hours to figure out how to put out this fire, MSNBC released the following statement. Last night, a freelancer received a traffic citation. While the traffic violation took place near the jury van, the freelancer never contacted or intended to contact the jurors during deliberations and never photographed or intended to photograph them. We regret the incident and will fully cooperate with the authorities on the investigation. So I guess now MSNBC is going to have to get their court coverage from Fox News. The thing is, this is, again, jury intimidation. What commonly, MSNBC is against Rittenhouse. They want Rittenhouse thrown away for, thrown in prison for the rest of his life. He's a white supremacist, racist, sexist, xenophobe, whatever. Well, he's white, that's why. But um, what typically MSNBC, MSNBC has been known to do is they have been known to act, to take pictures of the license plates of jurors and then look up the jurors. And they basically say they do that because they want to be able to interview the jurors later. So, you know, this... I don't know about you, but it sounds like tampering in, and intimidation. And it's, it's crap that the jury just doesn't need. I bet this comes as another call by the defense for a mistrial. And I, I got a feeling you combine all this stuff together, you got to say there's probably a mistrial here. One of these things is going gonna, is gonna to kick to a mistrial. Now, one of the questions everyone is asking, a couple of questions, is why would the defense want a mistrial? Well, I think the defense would want a mistrial with prejudice is because 
the jury is taking three days to, well, they're on their fourth day to deliberate. And why is it taking them so long? This is a slam dunk case, and it is a slam dunk case. Well, there are a couple reasons it could be the jury is taking so long. One, there is that jury dynamic. They do have to, first off, they do have to get together. They do have to elect a foreman. There are lots of things that happen. So there is a jury dynamic. I mean, they could be taking a full day just to elect a foreman. And then they got to figure out how they're going to deliberate, how they vote. The jury I was on, we voted first. Then we we started debating back and forth. Why do you think this? Why do you think that? That, that kind of thing. So there, there is a dynamic here. The other thing is the jury could be stall, uh, stalling because they are actually afraid of the threats. And I don't think that is a, I don't think that is a, a illegitimate claim. I, I talked to my father. My father says the same thing. Yeah, they're scared to death. They're afraid the second they get out of there, their, their houses are going to be burned down. Don't forget, this jury is not sequestered. They can go home. They can actually watch the news. The jury could also be very detailed. Maybe they need to really make sure they understand the evidence before they let Kyle Rittenhouse go. That they are going to be very, very meticulous. And they don't care about how much time it takes. Because any time they're questioned, they want to be able to say, well, no, this is it. I don't think there's a lot there that, I mean, we got video of the whole thing. Uh, there are some who think the jury is trying to come up with a compromise. They're going to find him guilty on lesser charges. You know, something that's not going to stick him in prison for 60 years, but something that'll stick him in jail for a little bit. Uh, I still think that is crap. I don't believe in that, but it does happen. And they think they and they think they maybe they just think he's guilty. They just can't agree on which charges he's guilty. So that is a possibility. Now, I believe that it's probably the jury is just they're hearing all this stuff and they're just I think the jury's going to hang. I don't think there's going to be a verdict. And we're going to find out today because there's no verdict today. You know, the weekend's coming up. Who knows? But I think the jury will not come up with a verdict. I think it's going to be a hung jury. I think the judge will then review all the arguments, the mistrial arguments, with prejudice. Because at this point, if the jury doesn't come up with a... If the jury does not come up with a verdict, they're hung. It is a mistrial. But the question is, is it going to be a mistrial with prejudice or without prejudice? I think I mentioned this earlier. Uh, a mistrial with prejudice means the prosecution can't file more char- can't file charges again. It's it's a done deal. If it's a mistrial without prejudice, in that case, um, the uh, the prosecution can file, and I think the next time, and they will file, but I think they will file and kind of lower the charges a little bit. I think the charges were way overdone. Um. The judge, I think, will rule a mistrial with prejudice. And then Rittenhouse will go home. He'll be done. And then riots will happen. Mark my words. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Okay, in my last story, and I'm going to cover this one anyway. 
Uh, apparently, Merrick Garland got caught in a lie. Last month, he went in front of the Senate and talked about how he uh, talked about whether the FBI was investigating parents who were complaining about the conduct of the Loudoun County, uh, Loudoun County school boards. He had said the FBI is not investigating him. He said it multiple times that this wasn't happening. Guess what? A whistleblower... This Biden administration just lies through their teeth constantly. They just lie, lie, lie. Guess what? He was on oath, mind you. Um, a whistleblower from the FBI sent some emails to the Judiciary Committee at the House of Representatives. These emails pointed out that parents who complained at school board uh, meetings were being marked with a threat tag. This was done under the Patriot Act. Now, the Patriot Act, which came out after 9-11, allows, basically allows the FBI and the CIA to spy on people who they see as a terrorist threat. The kicker is the Patriot Act is only supposed to terrorize on foreign threats. They're never supposed to investigate or use the Patriot Act against American citizens. So right off the bat, this was kind of a, this is kind of, this is one of the reasons, by the way, that people in, in, in the 2000s did not want the Patriot Act because they thought this could be manipulated and it could become dangerous. Well, apparently it is. Well, Merrick Garland has some, some questions to do because the FBI, those emails and the highest levels in the FBI, including the DOJ, received those emails. So... It was being done. Uh, I'm not going to read the letter because I'm getting I'm running kind of late. But the House of Representatives Judiciary Committee sent a letter to Merrick Garland, and he's going to have to testify again and explain what what is this being done? Yes or no? And why? Merrick Garland is going to have to admit one thing here, and none of them are going to have a good outcome. He's going to have to admit he lied or he he did it but just forgot about it. That seems to be the most likely. Um, three, there are rogue elements in the FBI that just did things that he wasn't aware of, which is a lie because they actually told the DOJ what they were doing. Or finally, I, he didn't know anything about it. None of those. None of those things are going to come out well for him. And these are emails. So it's a government it's a government server. They're marked as uh, apparent I haven't seen the uh, the emails, but they're marked unclassified. And they've been sent out throughout throughout his DOJ. So I have a feeling I I just can't believe this guy was nominated by Obama to be on the Supreme Court. I've heard this guy in several in several testimonies, and he's just terrible. Uh, he should probably resign. He won't, because then his career is over, but he's just god-awful. And I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Uh, take a look at the full videos. I've got a ton of videos. I've got a ton of statistics. I've got a letter for you. A lot of links. Uh, tonight, I will be... Uh, releasing a video on Dumb on uh, Rumble 
Just search for dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and please hit that rumble button. I hope you guys have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, 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 oh,